Community is everything, and everything in the community has changed. Hello and welcome to Our Community with me, Anne Morgan. For this series of podcasts, I've reached out to key people in various communities to find out how they are staying connected, what's working and what's a challenge, how are they coping, and what are they doing that might work in your community. Hello and welcome to our community. I'm your host, Anne Morgan, and my guest today is Gib Bullock. And Gib consults, writes and speaks on a range of topics relating to the role of business in society. His first book, The Entrepreneur, Confessions of a Corporate Insurgent, is a personal story of his 15-year journey to create and scale Accenture's global not-for-loss consulting business. Gibb believes passionately in the power of business to change the world and in the power of the individual to change the world of business. And he is in the process of creating a business decelerator on the Isle of Bute in Scotland where he was born. This is also the first podcast I ever recorded. Two years ago, I heard Gibb speak at a conference in Singapore and I was inspired I was interested in starting a podcast, but at the time had not actually recorded any episodes. I didn't know Gib, but I plucked up the courage to speak to him after his talk. And with huge grace, he agreed to record a podcast in the only 30 minutes he had free the next day. We duly recorded this episode using my brand new lapel smart love mics. So why has it taken me two years to publish it? Well, firstly, because when I did start my first podcast series, this conversation didn't quite fit. And secondly, you know, I had a bit of a crisis of confidence and stopped recording anything really for a while. But this year I started the Our Community podcast. And when I re-listened to this conversation, I was stunned by the relevancy of the content. In life, sometimes things unfold at the right time. And the time to hear Gibb's wise perspective on community is certainly now. I've rarely met somebody who's got more of a purpose than you have. You've got it burning deep within you. And tell us a little bit maybe about where you come from. Yeah. And I I definitely talk a lot about that in the book. and, And there was a part of me that wondered is are people really going to be interested in some of this preamble before I get into the juicy bits of big business and the problems with big business and corporate purpose and personal purpose but I do think we are shaped from a fairly early age in the experiences we have. Mine was one of growing up in a small community in Scotland um, you know where everybody knew everybody, everybody looked out for everybody Um, parents who were both teachers you know, just the evenings I remember in my childhood when, oh, where's mum tonight? Oh, she's out taking the can for the Red Cross around the, the, the local houses. Um, where's dad? Oh, he's at a community meeting or something. And and so that sort of civic engagement was there. I'm not making my parents out to be saints or whatever. It was many other people in the community. That was just what you did. That's what others did. Um, so I think that has probably percolated up. I went off uh, to the dark side, if you will, into big business and to make money because that's what we were told would make us successful and that would be a good thing to do. But these things are still stuck in you quite 
indelibly from an early age. Of course, and how difficult was it to live to leave that small community, that tight community, where you had a, an integral part in what was going on, and and to leave it and go out into the world? Um, <laughs> quite quite difficult to be honest. I and that was more at the university stage. I'd been quite cocooned. It was a nice, comfortable little cocoon. And this a metaphor, I suppose, springing to mind here about the, the metamorphosis of the, the caterpillar in the chrysalis or cocoon becoming a butterfly. Um, you know, we all, at some point, I think, start to, if we follow our path, if we follow our purpose, there is a, some kind of metamorphosis takes place. Uh, and the imaginal cells, that's the, the cells, the, the metamorphic cells, start to vibrate and, and changes. So I went off into the big city. It was different, but it was part of a journey, um, a journey that took me to London, took me to the bright lights, then took me to the Balkans, and was frankly taking me around the world. Um, and the more I chased what I thought was the the bright lights and the the money and these other illusions of of happiness. Um, the more I actually found true happiness was in something else, and and, and it comes down to, you know, what what took me there. It was following more the heart, I suppose, than the head and the uh, and the projections of what society says you should be doing. Yeah, and I suppose, I mean, having all of that rich experience, you were then able to take the strands of all that experience, and and learn what it meant to have your own purpose, as opposed to perhaps purpose that. You know, or purpose appeared as one thing and then morphed into another. No, I think that's absolutely right, and that will be different for for every person. I uh, I do think that people have some kind of innate pur- purpose. Um, you know, it's almost you see it in mythology in terms of all these stories. Some stories are are better known than others. Some great men, some great women in history, but we all have the innate greatness I would say within us to follow something whatever it is you're meant to be doing and the trick is to find that and get rid of the noise and the distractions of what people are telling you it should be I was I was absolutely following a purpose that was to you know become a um, successful businessman make lots of money retire early and drive a fast car um, yeah that was living the dream but it wasn't my dream and I think the important point is you have to find what your true dream is, what your true purpose is. And that is difficult to do in a world of constant distraction, Facebook likes, images, Instagrams, uh, Wi-Fi everywhere. It's very difficult to get to that quiet place to, to find it and go inside rather than project what people want to see of you on the outside. And, and, and to your point about going inside to project something outside... You have a very strong belief that business is a great motivator for change and has the power to really change society. And people who work in business have got that momentum, especially at the moment, to make that change. So do, do you believe that, that purpose can be found in every business? Um, I would like to think that... Many businesses, if you're to exist, if you're to have a sort of social license to operate, to exist, there has to be a story that you have about what you are as a business contributing to in, in, in the world. It can't just be a, a simplistic mission statement dreamt up by marketing because it's going to sell more fizzy drinks or 
um, whatever it happens to be that your your business is, I believe people are increasingly going to, and, and this is the kind of new generation coming into the workplace, are going to ask deeper questions about their own purpose and whether that's aligned with the purpose of the company. I think society is going to start to ask what are these huge uh, multinational super states that we have created, the multinational corporation, um, who are they serving? Um, how are decisions being made there? Is it the few at the top serving you know, a very, very small minority of people? Or can we actually, in my view, flip the switch on that and say these organisations can actually start, start to be targeted at solving social problems? There's this huge business opportunity in solving some of the big social challenges, environmental challenges of the world, whether that's clean energy through to providing nutritious food or education or water or sanitation or healthcare. These were traditionally the sort of social and UN's challenges or the, the not-for-profits challenges. Now they are the business opportunities, I think. And that's where we get that alignment between purpose and impact. That would be a, a truly phenomenal thing to really see mm. that step change. If, yeah, guilty of being idealistic, guilty of being... Uh, uh, it's a fairly utopian uh, vision, but all the pieces are there. You know, technology is enabling things to be done in different ways now by different types of organisations. And you see that with the thing, with things like the mobile phone. We just thought it was something to initially send text messages or, or make phone calls. Now it's transforming, you know, M Health we talk about, um, mobile money. It's transforming how things are done. And they're done very differently in, in, in countries from what we've had in the, in the West. It's not a case of play catch-up, it's a case of rethinking how things are done. Impact investing, I've just come from an impacting investing summit in Sydney that I was speaking at and making this point, you know, that we now have the tools to actually capture and monetize future economic value, whether that's from educating a child in India or electrifying a rural village in Africa. There is value to be, you know, economic and social value from that and we can bring it to a present-day investment opportunity for business. And do you think the the steps needed to take that opportunity to really maximise th- that vision, it comes with pain, does it? Or can it be done? Can we all start taking small steps? What advice would you give to somebody who perhaps is at the start of their career and they they've, they've got that inside them they know they've got a bigger purpose than just making money or mm-hmm. looking at their KPIs in a purely commercial sense they believe that they want to do more what steps can they take well the first thing I would say to younger folks when when, when they're thinking about this um, should I you know, go into business or go into you know the non-profit sector or whatever I I would say that a Korean business is an opportunity to follow your purpose and is an opportunity for them to come in and actually drive this change. We need people to think to come in on the inside and change business. My money is where, where governments and others have played a very, very significant role in the past. I think business has now got to the scale where it really has the potential, I think, to move the needle on these issues very, very quickly. Um, and Nestle, for example, will touch 1.5 billion people, consumers around the world, this very day and every day. Now that's kind of reach and scale that a single government in a single country can't get to. So I would say first of all go in there with that intent and that purpose. Um, but I do think if we want to change the world um, 
through, through, through business, yes, we have to change the business world first, but we also have to look inwards and change ourselves before we change anything. And that's really the journey I've been on in the last few years. That might be, you never know, uh, another book about that journey, but start with yourself and what you are all about, then you can start to have a chance of changing business. And if we change business, I am convinced we can change the world. Wow. I mean, you know, I think I think with so many people looking for a purpose at the, at the moment, that idea of looking within themselves, I think there is a real energy around that now that people are starting to realise that, you know, we, we are connected in a way. I mean, communities are different. You know, the community that, that you were born into, even that has changed, I'm sure. Hugely. And... and <laughs> and this is the actual sort of full circle interesting uh, interesting kind of metaphor um, the community has has changed it's still a fantastic place my heart is very much in that community but it dropped economically uh, and population wise 4% last year while Edinburgh grew 12% in the last 12 months so if I have some doughy eyed dream about going back there to retire and have a, a nice little house by the sea um there might not be that many shops or that many people or even a half-decent school um, in the community. So uh, I, as a sort of crazy notion perhaps, I've certainly plenty of people and I'm used to people telling me I'm crazy, but I, I've just bought a derelict farm on the island and it's one of the most exciting things, craziest things maybe I've done, but this derelict farm, not far from where I grew up, I, some people see it as a possible holiday home or something, not at all. I see it as a potential rural business decelerator. I want to create a space in nature on this island that business people can be brought together with artists and residents, maybe musicians, exposed to nature, given that quiet space that we've been talking about to slow down, to decelerate. We're always wanting to go faster, cheaper, better, bigger. Slow down and just get in touch with that voice. And then we'll try and transplant them back into the corporate world and, and see what happens. So, And there may well be a benefit. This would be co-owned with the community. They would have a decision on how this would run. And I've just sold my uh, apartment in London to try and fund this venture and hopefully get co-funding. If any of your listeners want to uh, help crowdfund that vision, uh, then I'm all ears for, for that. So, you know, that's where I'm going as one of the things I'm doing it's not going to solve all the problems of that local community, but it's a start and it's a stake in the ground, more than a stake in the ground. And maybe that will happen and spark things in other communities as well. I think that's a wonderful spark because it's life is all about community, I think. It's making, you know, where we live, where other people live, making connections, but also bringing investment back to it as well because you're right I mean if we want you know all kind if we want some diversity we can't all live in big cities and we can't all work for big corporates either so it's that thing of trying to get that vibrancy and authenticity around smaller communities and smaller businesses but I mean you hit a good point though no we can't all work for big corporates and things but Certainly, I think location of where we work now with, I mean, the, the promise of remote working and things is now, I think, a reality. It's been promised for many, many years, but I think now with the technology, the video, the 
the ability to, to work remotely and benefit from actually not having to be cramped up in a big city, to have what you need and have access to staying in beautiful, quiet places, and frankly, where you can afford maybe a house to live in and work maybe even for one of these big companies in the part of a, a bigger ecosystem, as well as being part of a local community and contributing to that local community. That's, that can be a reality now. So I think we will see what the, the, the challenge, I think, of a, a small island where I grew up in uh, losing its younger people to the bright lights, as we talked about before, that challenge, that disadvantage that it had, now I think that tranquility and that quiet rural nature and the economic kind of affordability of housing, that makes places like that a, 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 an absolute sanctuary, I think, for potentially even modern, professional, working people that want to be part of a global uh, economic ecosystem, at the same time as being part of a local community ecosystem. Fantastic. That would be... I, I truly hope that vision comes to pass because so do I. that's... <laughs> what we all have to do, you know, you're doing your bit in, in terms of having this conversation to enable, uh, you know, I had no idea what we were going to talk about, and um, but you're allowing some of these ideas to come up. It may spark ideas in others. So what you're doing is very important, I think. You're doing your bit because this is what you want to do. I'm doing my bit. Others have to do theirs. I think it's... I, I think the... The, the difficult step to change uh, or the difficult step to take is not feeling stupid or I, I want to do something that's different or is it going but is it is it going to have any effect I'm only one person or you know sure. where is my voice in in all of this and and I think the you know just trying new things or trying to do things differently and then not let months and weeks go by where you're still doing the same and some things will work and maybe some things won't but if you don't have if you don't take any steps towards something then you uh, I think you're hitting the nail on the head of course some things won't work out of course you'll fail of course you'll trip up um, <clears throat> nothing's perfect that's life and we shouldn't be wedded to one particular outcome or destination um, the, the important thing for me is to take that step is to cross. I think there is that kind of cross that threshold of, of, of fear, if you will, from from being in the safe kind of cocoon um, where you can't be seen, where you can keep your head down, carry on with the standard narrative, or step out into the light, step across the threshold of fear into the unknown, um, in pursuit of that what that inner voice is telling you to do. And I think when you do that, yes, you might just be one person stepping out. But that kind of a chain reaction, if I believe that a butterfly flaps its wings in one side of the world, a monsoon happens and it looks like it is happening in uh, in Singapore this morning, that's where the chain reactions come. You do not know what is going to happen, what doors are going to open when you take that. So the, the message would be just conquer, conquer the fears. I was frightened um, stepping off the career ladder to do EDP. I was frightened putting a book out there that talks about sensitive stuff uh, around mental health uh, challenges. Um, but each time I conquered that fear, things started to kind of catalyse. I think that those are very, very wise words. Thank you very much, Gib, for, for sharing such a personal vision with us and such an inspirational vision as well. And I wish you all the very best. So um, where, can, where can people get in touch with you? Um, Twitter, at Gibbuch. Um, email gib at gibbulloch.com and I have a 
at the moment it's a monthly blog. I, I um, play on words a little bit. Blog and Bulloch is uh, blog. Um, so I have a monthly blog. Uh, and you can sign up for that at www.goodbook.com. So that's great. And finally, what what is your book called? The book is called The Entrepreneur: Confessions of a Corporate Insurgent. And I and I, it's I, available on Amazon digitally and things. And if I get my way, I'll make it free. Excellent. I'm reading it at the moment, and it's a cracking read. I love it. Thanks very, very much, Gib. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks, Anne. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed Gibbs' inspiring ideas about business, purpose, and community. Please do subscribe to his blog and check out his business decelerator on the Isle of Butte. If you'd like to get in touch with me, please email me at anne at celebratingthestory.com. Thank you again. been listening to our community with me and Morgan. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen. And don't forget to leave a review and rating on your favourite episode. Thank you.